0: Hi, my name is Chris Daly and you are entering the active cyber zone. Here you will meet some innovative technology researchers and startups, learn about new cyber defenses, and listen to government leaders and industry movers on cybersecurity, risk management, and emerging technology topics that are relevant to today's digital world. You can find all this and more at www.activecyber.net on the web or your favorite podcast provider. Hi, everyone! Uh, welcome to the Active Cyber Zone. And today, I'm joined by two members of securely managed uh, securely manages an MSP. Uh, one of the top 250 in the world. And uh, earlier, you might have heard a couple of podcasts with Sajay Rai, who is the CEO of Securely Managed. Today, we're joined by two of his team members, Michael Staley and Richard Cozart. Welcome to the podcast, you guys.
1: Thanks, Chris. Good to be here.
0: Great. So I appreciate that. And and Michael, why don't we start? Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself and what your role is for Securely Managed?
1: Well, I'm Michael Staley, and I am the SOC director for Securely Managed. So I manage the day-to-day operations of our SOC analyst team to make sure that, you know, we're up and ready, you know, monitoring 24-7, 365 for all of those cyber threats that we keep seeing.
0: Thank you, Michael. Richard, what's your role? Hi, the-
2: I'm uh, Richard Kozart. I'm a security architect for uh, Security Managed. Uh, I specialize in developing Uh, cost-effective, innovative solutions to help our clients maintain their cybersecurity.
0: Fantastic. So I know that cybersecurity has lots of acronyms involved in uh, the daily lingo that goes on. And uh, one of them, for example, is SOC for Security Operations Center. Um, Another one is MSP. And another one that's closely associated with it is MSSP. So, Richard, why don't you tell me what the difference is between MSP and MSSP as an acronym?
2: Sure, so uh, MSP is a managed, uh, managed service provider and MSSP is a managed uh, security service provider. Uh, the, the main difference would be uh, a managed security service provider uh, really focuses on uh, security solutions. Whereas a managed service provider can do other various things, uh, such as like your 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 phone systems, perhaps your you know voice over IP phone systems, or maybe uh, database management. They can also dip into security; uh, they do that as well. But a uh, managed security service uh, managed security service provider is uh, primarily focused on uh, security uh, services.
0: Okay, all right, that sounds good um when there's still a bunch more acronyms that i'd like to go through with you guys so let's talk about uh, another one um i start to see stuff like edr mdr xdr out there can you tell me what what the differences what those stand for what the differences are between those different security technologies
2: sure you want to take this michael or you want me to?
0: Do yeah michael why don't you take sure, us back so- to that one
1: all right, so like EDR solutions are, you know, the endpoint detection system. So it allows us to have kind of visibility on what's happening on the endpoints. As we know, most breaches start on endpoints. So these EDR solutions not only can detect issues or problems or concerns, they can also take action to kind of prevent it. Um, MDR, MDR solutions that managed detection response. And that's a service that you kind of deploy across Um, IT environments and different systems and services and then there's XDR which is an extended version of an EDR which kind of looks at the cloud infrastructures networks and the endpoints which allows you to have kind of have visualization into all of those different systems.
0: So do you guys employ those types of products in your solution offering today.
1: Yes, we do partner with multiple software and product vendors to kind of provide our clients with the best solutions based on what they're looking for. Great, great. Um, so another acronym, and I'm
0: going to turn this one over to you, Richard, is SIEM is or SIM, mm-hmm. uh, S-I-E-M. Can you can you talk a little bit about what that is and what its role is in a security operations center?
2: Sure, so SIM is Security Information uh, and Event Management. Uh, which, which is, you know, SIM is what it's called. And it, it, it basically uh, ingests logs and other various uh, forms of information. So um, uh, the primary, the primary uh, data source is usually logs, but it can do other things. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, one of the tools we use is AlienVault. It has a network, intru- network intrusion uh, detection piece. And what that will do is it will sniff all the network traffic if it sees anything it deems interesting, it'll it'll make an a a record of that and put it in there. So it's not always logs, but primarily it's it's usually focused on logs. And what what you can do with that is you can kind of look at patterns, uh, uh, see when something deviates from the norm, and you know you can take a look at it and see if you know is this an incident? You know why is it doing this? Or perhaps just if you wanted to uh, just improve operations, you know find dips. Uh, finding inefficiencies and uh, things like that and and just keeping you abreast of uh, what's going on in your network.
0: Are are sim tools uh, helpful in helping to minimize um, false positives or even false negatives for that matter?
2: Uh, Well uh, sim usually requires uh, some an investigation piece so you you kind of for the most part do need a uh you know uh, someone looking at the data looking at the alerts um i mean it uh more and more they are including uh ai into it but it's not uh a necessary component uh, to make a, a solution to SIM. so i mean sometimes they have ai and it'll, it'll really help you uh detect things and kind of eliminate those false positives but but it doesn't necessarily so it, it, it all depends on what uh what sim uh service you're using Gotcha. I would also
1: add on there that, you know, SIMs also help with the log retention and compliance piece. So if you're in an industry that requires a lot of compliance and the log retention, SIMs definitely help with that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's more of a, a long-term thing too. So if you want to keep data for a long time, uh, the SIM is the solution for you.
0: You mentioned Alien Vault, It's one of the SIM solutions that are out there. Um, are, can you t- tell us a, cu- a couple others that you might be familiar with as well?
2: Sure. Uh, Splunk is 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 a really popular one. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, what else? Uh, Trend Micro, uh, has one. Uh, there, there there are tons of them.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so when you look at your solution architecture, Richard, and uh, you're trying to figure out a sim or EDR or is there a case where you can use one or the other? Does an EDR feed a sim? Do you do you need both of them to, to have a good solution? Um Richard, why don't you start? And then Michael, I'd like to get your input on that too.
2: Well, it, it depends. It's, it's almost like comparing uh the locks on your door and security cameras. Uh they they do different things, but they both have a security function. Um uh it it I think it more depends on. You know what what your IT staff is like if if you have a very small IT staff then maybe maybe you you probably put those resources into an EDR just because it it can it can uh, you know work without uh, a lot of input but if you're looking for a mature uh, security environment and you really need to know what's going on in your environment uh, sim would probably be more uh, appropriate in, in that environment and it would be best to have both if you can if you can afford
0: it. Okay, Michael, do you have something to offer
1: there too? Yeah, like like Richard was saying, I, I believe an EDR is a good base, especially if you're kind of you know budget conscious and you want to kind of start somewhere. I think that, like we said earlier, the breaches usually happen on endpoints, so I think an endpoint detection system is best. But when you want to start becoming more mature, I would definitely add on top of that, you know, a SIM so that you can start looking at multiple different angles and having all of that under one single pane of glass. Okay. All right. So so
0: now there's another acronym I'm going to throw at you guys. So it's so, SOC as a service or SOC as. Um, mm-hmm. So can you tell me what that really means?
1: Um, Michael, why don't you start with that? So SOC as a service, it allows organizations to outsource cybersecurity talents if they are maybe developing it. And that way they don't have to kind of gather all of that in-house and start from scratch. You can kind of reach out to the outside and find someone else that already has the expertise to kind of bring them in and help kind of get your organization SOC compliant and have all the stuff that you need to have to you know be able to monitor for events and security related issues. So, Michael, do you guys provide that type of service to your customers today? Yes, absolutely. We uh, monitor for many organizations across multiple industries. And, you know, it's definitely helpful if you don't have to build the wheel from scratch and have someone else that already has the expertise come in and help you out. And then you also have the benefit of having your SOC team that already has experience with, you know, Different industries and different threats. They can apply that knowledge to different situations within your organization.
0: So, when you think about it, um, having the expertise, the knowledge, uh, seen it before, kind of capability, really comes into bear with this type of service and its uh, value to customers. Is that what you would you say that?
1: Yeah, that's what I believe. I like if you have an industry where there's ransomware happening in you industry A they can apply that knowledge to their other clients to make sure that they're prepared and protected.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Then uh, Richard, do you have anything to add
2: to that? Uh, nope. That, that was uh, okay. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. All
0: right. So one of the areas that I've been interested in for a while, and i talk about it some on my, um, on my website is um, the, the SOAR tools that are out there, security orchestration and, and, uh, uh, and, uh, well, some say remediation, some say response tools. Um, do you guys currently use SOAR tools? And, you know, or, or if not, what other types of automation do you guys use in your your security offering um, to, let's say, make it more efficient and, and customer friendly?
2: So uh, uh, a lot of... Uh... Uh, Sims that we use and products that we use uh, uh usually have SOAR capability uh put in and we also uh, develop our own uh when they don't quite fit what's in the tool uh we can do things like uh uh you know if a, if a machine is showing certain signs of something happens we could isolate that machine from the network and you know it can't communicate and that would prevent like the spread of uh, something like a ransomware or a malware or anything like that. Um, uh, I mean, we can pretty much do whatever you want from sending you a text message. Um, uh, we, we have, uh, some systems where we email the end user. So if the end user is doing something that's against uh, company policy, we can send them an email and say, Hey, uh, we detected that you're doing this. Uh, can you bri- provide an explanation for why you're doing uh, this and, mm-hmm. you know, if if that doesn't happen, you know maybe we'll isolate you and and you you can't get back on the network till you provide your explanation. But I mean, uh, practically almost anything you can think of, we can do based on the the events or data that we receive. But it's 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 custom based on the company, and there's always a danger of you know the uh, harm and productivity if you're if you you know get too cavalier with it and you're you're cutting off things uh you know too willy-nilly so it's it's definitely a challenge but um we can we can pretty much do whatever the client wants and whatever they agree to is, is what we will do.
0: Okay, so interesting. So Michael, um can you add to that? And I'd also like to know, I mean, when you talk about doing things, are these like scripts that you guys have pre pre-written and you can just uh you know run at any time or is it, is it a certain tool that that comes with these types of scripts and you guys kind of keep building on it has an automation capability built in I'd like to know
1: yeah. uh, how, how, how you approach that. So, like Richard was saying, you know, sims have a lot of capability they're always growing and expanding trying to kind of keep in line with all the latest and greatest things but um, the sim that we typically use in particular alien vault does also have a lot of sort capabilities based on what you're connecting into it so they have advanced alien apps is what they call them where you can connect to these different systems and you know have not not only reading the information but you can actually program in you know responses so if this happens you know lock out this user or you know run a vulnerability scan or you know run an antivirus scan or things like that and then as Richard had said, you know, if it doesn't fit in that box, if it doesn't fit in there for whatever reason, then we also have our in-house tools that we develop based on individual client needs, where we'll kind of grab the data and we'll run it through our own API and systems, and you know, develop an action based on what the client is looking for.
0: That sounds really good. So, one um, of the other aspects that I've been seeing so far uh, as as ways to you know modern socks do things is they, they they start to leverage some of the threat information that they may get from different feeds and use that to, you know, go, go hunt for, for that problem or, or do other things through, you know, either manual or or automated means. So how, how do you guys apply, you know, information about threats to your operation, um, in, in, in order to, you know,
1: serve your customers? So alien Bolt and we are, um, A little bias there but alien vault we do connect to the open threat exchange so all of the events get correlated against you know new pulses and new iocs that are in that exchange and compared to you know what's happening in the event data and then we'll get uh, information or alarms generated based on new threats or new emergent things that are out there and then we analyze those alarms or events and then decide hey is this lining up you know through the mitre attack framework or where does this classify, or where are we are going to prioritize this, or what are we going to do with that? Um, but we definitely do leverage the threat intelligence, and it is extremely important to stay ahead of the, the bad actors. Um, and we do, like I said, we do have multiple sources that we do, we use, um, but we definitely look at it, you know, from a, a bigger picture and try to make sure that we're analyzing it because there's going to be a lot of false positives. So we do try and analyze the data that we're seeing to see if, yeah, this does, this IOC does match, you know, this in particular threat or it doesn't. And then we update our clients and kind of give them a report on it. Richard, do
0: you have anything to add to that too?
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, important uh, to get, you know, those lessons learned from some places, uh, you know, other companies out there or other uh victims of a, attacks so you know if it hits one person it doesn't have to hit everybody the same way we can kind of you know put that information together and, and and use it to detect uh attacks before they're ha- before they happen uh yep and we definitely have uh different different kinds from uh different sources of, of things happening we also use a uh, uh, uh we developed a solution to kind of find those uh those uh, credentials that are out there uh, so you know when whenever a breach happens uh, uh, a lot of times those credentials are, are dumped on the internet and we have tools to you know gather that information and, and if one of our clients are are in that breach we have ability to you know uh, notify them that hey you know uh, your credentials are out there if you're still using these credentials you know please change it now because they're freely available on the internet and you know hackers are using this to try so yeah uh, you know, uh, things like that are, are different ways we use it
0: interesting okay so so let's talk about your customers a little bit then. so can you tell me a little bit about what I don't know market segments they come from um, or any of them in the in the federal space, for example, or financial or do you have some in the medical space as well? and um, do you find any that are in the um, what I would consider the operational technology space because I think that they may actually have some more. Different types of needs than your your IT types of uh, uh, customers. So, can you give me a kind of a, a snapshot of what your customers look like, and and what are they seeing to put their most uh, biggest concerns when it comes to cybersecurity and things that they ask you to do?
1: We have a big wide range of you know customer base. So, we have clients in the financial industry, to government, to manufacturing. Um, so, we do see a lot of different. Types of different threats, and and we have to kind of conform to different regulation issues and compliance things as well because of all that. So um, we do have a big wide base, and I, I would say that our customers, in particular, from everything that I'm always hearing, is do we have the latest and greatest? Do we have the best tool that's out there right now? Are we using the greatest solution? Are we, you know, is our posture okay? What can we do to improve our security posture and things like that? I think that's the the most concern that I've I've been hearing from our clients.
2: Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Um, the yeah, like, like we don't really focus on a specific shoe. you know. We we take our clients where so we can get them, but uh, yeah, it's it's very wild and uh, a very wide base, and they they definitely, you know, want want to see the new bells and whistles. You know, what what can we do now? You know, what what are our upgrades is are the tools that we pick continue to continue to upgrade so uh yep definitely definitely want to you know stay forward and, and stay ahead of uh, uh the the bad guys before before they attack yeah
1: and i would say we're constantly testing new tools and systems so we're not we don't stick with just one so if it, something else new comes along we definitely try and jump on the bandwagon and test it out and then not only just test that product see how that product Works with the rest of our systems and see how you know it does it cohesively exist. Do we have any issues, concerns with that, and see how we can actually start integrating these new systems so that we can stay ahead of the game. Interesting. I,
0: it's just to me, to me that you have such a wide base because you know the compliance across those different industries probably can it differs quite a bit. I would guess uh, if you're a manufacturer or a financial institution. So uh, so I guess it it, it makes your life constantly interesting as they uh, as they have different needs.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and we have tools to kind of map the different compliance methods together to kind of see how we can merge it all in. Gotcha. Okay. So
0: it makes it a little bit more efficient to, to operate. All right. That's that's fantastic. So um we got one more question here. Uh I'd like to, you know, kind of pick your brain here a little bit about, okay what do you think is the next big technology? You know, your customers are already asking you about this. So, so what do you think it is that's going to be impacting MSSP operations in the future? Um, is it going to be, you know, the introduction of 5G into these environments? Is it going to be, you know, a, a bigger use of AI, machine learning? Uh, do you think quantum computing is going to have an impact? Um, does blockchain already have an impact on what you guys do? So, Or whatever else. So can you kind of start with... Uh, how you see what's going to be the next big thing around the bend that's going to impact your operations Richard why don't you start with that question
2: sure uh AI is is definitely the the improvement of AI I mean it's it's already in use but I mean the, the smarter it can get the more it can you know uh figure things out uh you know before they happen so I mean definitely I would say uh the continued growth and uh the uh, just intelligence, the increasing intelligence for AI is 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 definitely the the biggest uh, driver, I would say, in in the security space. Uh, the, uh, I mean, stronger computers. Uh, if you have stronger AI, you kind of definitely need a stronger computers. So you know, like quantum quantum computing and things like that can can definitely help. But uh, in my opinion, AI is 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 probably the, the most important uh, space.
0: Okay. Michael, what's your view?
1: Um, Yeah, I would definitely say AI is my first uh, area where I think it's going to be, A, a benefit to us as the security professionals, but I also think the AI is also going to be something that we're going to have to go against more often. Um, That being said, I also think 5G is also going to be something to kind of look out for, having more and more things connected that we're going to have to start protecting and monitoring is also going to be more spaces where people can start penetrating and you know getting into the systems and devices. So I would definitely say AI and five G are the areas to kind of look out for in the future. Yeah, I
0: would, I, I, I would tend to agree with, with you on that. Both both of you with that five um, G. Also, I'm looking as you know as as all those internet devices start connecting via that way, or you know some of the ways there already are. I'm just wondering, you know, uh, how, how much more attack surface you're starting to see out there, um, and and you know that how, what what ramifications that has to your to your to your business. So, anyhow, Richard, you have yeah. any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, just uh, the the increase of data capacity will allow hackers to you know send uh, more sophisticated, uh, larger attacks in in a short amount of time. So it'll definitely it'll definitely hurt uh phones you you have issues on you know who owns the phone and I can do what I want with, with my phone so uh you know they'll do personal things that leave them open for different security threats uh we, we see that now so it's it's uh it's a pain it it, it definitely complicates things and uh it, it definitely leaves people open and then if you can do it faster that that, that creates a whole nother can of worms on uh, different threats that you'll probably see.
0: Yeah, are you are you currently seeing much in the way of uh, DDoS types of attacks against your customers?
2: Uh, we don't we don't really see a, a lot of DDoS. It's just uh, I think it's more for 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 more publicly facing uh, customers. Like we, you know, like if you're you're running famous websites or, or different services. Uh, we, d- we don't see a lot of uh, DOFs in our area.
0: Okay. No. Well, Michael, uh, wh- any last comments before we close uh, our call today?
1: Uh, no, I think the, uh, I think that covered it. I, I definitely agree with the response from both of you on the 5G AI and, and even the quantum computing. So I think that's all different things that we need to keep an eye out in the future here. All right. And Richard, uh, any last comments or thoughts?
2: Uh thank you for having us. Uh we definitely uh enjoyed it and hope to be able to do it again. Um,
0: well, well, absolutely. I enjoyed it too, and I look forward to our next visit. All right. All so right. thank you again for for joining today. I appreciate it. Yep.
1: Thanks, Chris. Take care. All
0: right, thank, thank you. you.